Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. On episode 74 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, the team discussed transfer news, their own transfer targets, and everything West Ham. So let's hammer it down. Welcome back to the Green Street podcast. It's episode 74. I'm joined by the ever faithful Lou. How are you doing, Lou? Very good, thank you. I was just there watching the playoff final. Uh, as Jack said earlier, quite a boring one, but I've switched it off now. So there'll probably be quite a few goals. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be quite an exciting game, but it's been quite dead so far. Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. It's always nice to be asked in return. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so excited to get going. And Scott, it's been a while since you've been on. How are you? Yeah, yeah just happy to be back. Yeah. Good to uh, you know finish the season and then we can now look forward to the next one. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be optimistic by the end of the transfer window. And that's where we're going to start with, um, with sort of the updated news and everything. So the one player a lot of West Ham fans are wanting to sign is QPR's Eberichi Eze, um, who I'm sure everyone knows all about now, even though they wouldn't have known about him a year ago. Um, Crystal Palace have potentially had a bid rejected by QPR. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that will motivate West Ham to make their move or are we just going to continue to see a lack of movement from the club? I'm going to go to um, Jack first. Sorry. Um, well, I think it, sh- it should do, really. Like, Well, you'd, you'd hope it would, but I don't think it will now because uh, a lot of stuff's come out recently saying that now he's not the priority and it's the defence. It would be really disappointing if we don't, don't at least try and go for him. Yeah, Scott, what do you think about it? I mean, trying to work out how West Ham do things in the transfer market has been a bit odd over the last few years. So will it motivate them? I mean, you're right, it should do. But we've kind of always made our own decisions and gone where uh, 
the board think we should do um, for good or for like, better for worse as such but I'd like that we don't want to see our options limited if we want him we should go for him uh, we don't want to see that like disappear and then have to make another you know more substandard buyers just because we didn't act fast enough yeah I think you've got that just about right there to be honest sorry yeah I think you've got that just about right there Scott to be honest um, and Lou what do you think about it I say I just think without like, if you want someone and someone else trying to get them if you then have to make a second like what's worse paying two million over or getting someone that you isn't going to actually fill the gap um i feel maybe we've made some weird decisions before we've made we've potentially overpaid for some of the players that have come in but then if you get someone the second choice unless you are just sort of you know interchangeable between the two um yeah second choice doesn't push you up the table yeah, I think you've hit that quite well. Lou, what about you with Eze? Yeah, well, you just keep hearing the strong uh, word on the street that we need to, you know, sell to buy, to raise funds to buy players. But it's just about who, if that is the case, who you let go of. And then, because that obviously takes time in itself. And then you'd have to do the transfer dealing of Eze while... Crystal Palace are in the works basically so by the time we'd let someone go and then potentially then try and influence Eze to come he's probably already you know at Selhurst Park so um, if we've not got money then we've not got money but but uh, it's hard to see why we haven't got money because you know based on the income that the club get was supposedly the the 17th richest club in the world or something but yeah. then again rumours are <laughs> we still owe a lot of money from past transfer dealings so I don't know how they've worked out and obviously they've been done in instalments which is possibly I could see why they would do that but obviously it impacts future dealings so well, the, but the, the, the good thing is that uh, in Eze's position, I think we're quite well well stacked with, you know, Fernals. You got Bowen in. I know he's the other side, but and then uh, Dean Garn has come back as well, of course. And we still got Anderson, and at the moment Lanzini. So I, I I can see why we would be targeting other areas on the pitch, you know, before that, you know, attacking midfield position. Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. Like. I think they should maybe have been a bit clearer from the start of the summer that like we should be prioritising the defence because that's really been the big issue with West Ham over the last couple of years is the troublesome fullback positions, centre-backs not being on form or being out of form and the goal-keeper issues we had before Fabianski and now seeing a little bit with Fabianski, maybe his consistency is dropping a little bit. Um, we touched a bit about this last week about sort of the board and the lack of funds there appears to be but you're seeing like clubs like Crystal Palace are bidding for players Brighton have already bought in Adam Lallana and Veltman not on a combined fee of anything over a million pounds but quite probably quite substantial wage fees and we had supposed to have cleared all this off the books last season with all the players that left yet for some reason it's coming out that there's still quite a high wage bill every week which 
I'm sure there is with the players that are there, but we were supposed to be starting last season a lot more sort of financially viable with what wages players are on. Like, what do you think about that, Jack? Yeah, I just don't, I don't really understand like how like we have no money really. And they've just sort of been a bit sneaky about it, haven't they really? Like sort of leaking stuff that we got a lot of people off the wage bill. And I don't think they've been really truthful about that really. Yeah, like uh, I saw an example on Twitter today. It was about Adrian and the fact we let him go because his wages were quite high and brought in Roberto and David Martin, Martin, who was supposed to be on a combined less wage than Adrian, yet I think Clarence Hugh put out a story sort of suggesting otherwise. Yeah. Um, which, so there's a whole bunch of different stories. But as we talk about people leaving, um, Albion Yeti, the striker who seemed to never get a chance at the club whether or not he deserved it or not still remained to be seen his move to Celtic is back on what do you guys think this is a good move for him Jack um, I think to be fair like I think he'll bang in goals in the Scottish League really I think it's a bit unfair of us not to really give him a try because I think he might have done alright really here but we've not really given him the opportunity to shine and show what he can do so it might be good to like loan him out for a season even though if they they might have an option to buy but I think that that's probably likely but uh, it might be good to see if he how well he does and maybe we can persuade him to come back next year yeah yeah Scott do you think uh, yes he got a fair crack at the whip no I don't think there's really anyone that thinks he got a decent run in the actual team um, I mean obviously we don't see training uh, that's a big thing uh, if he wasn't performing there at all then it's hard to you know turn around after someone's not not performing week in week in and out training that you know and go oh yeah you're up front in the Premier League this week um, or even give him solid chances but it, it, after the sort of discussions that were had around him arriving and him being kind of, you know, someone that went after goals and, you know, he was able to, it was a decent finisher to then not see him well, I don't know, I'd, how long, what was his longest chance in any significant match? What, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? It's hard to make your impact there. I mean, you obviously get some great players that do, but I feel I do feel sorry for him there, but yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to go off to the Scottish League and do quite well. Yeah, Lou, do you think we just didn't suit his style and that was the issue? Um, well, it's hard to see up until, you know, Antonio got a run in the striker role. It was hard to see any striker that would have suited that specific style that we were playing earlier on in the season. Uh, but like Scott says, he was limited to cameo roles in the Premier League and the only starts he got were in you know, overall horrific displays by the whole team in in the cup. He started at um, Oxford away when we lost 4-0. Yeah. And uh, against West Brom at home where virtually everyone played dreadful. So it's really hard to see what he's truly capable of. And uh, even in those games, I can't remember, you know, a good chance that he had to score to display the finishing qualities that, you know, he kind of obviously has because he was doing I know Swiss League isn't the isn't the barometer of you know success for a striker but he still has that capability of putting the ball in the back of the net and as for Celtic I think 
the Scottish league and Swiss league aren't miles apart in terms of quality. So I can see him certainly scoring goals for them. And uh, whether we then want to recall him after potentially doing well or recoup some of the money, you know, that we originally paid for him, then overall, I think, uh, you know, it, it won't exactly be uh, a flop in terms of we'll have lost all our money and then recoup nothing. I think we can either get a decent player out of it or we can get some of our money back. Yeah, absolutely. My sort of concern with Yeti was whenever I sort of saw his highlights from Switzerland and Basel, his, he always seemed like sort of a Vardy kind of striker of got a relatively good amount of pace and wants to get in behind the defence for like long balls over the top into space and run onto it. But we don't play that system and teams always set up quite deep against us because they know our worst enemy is having the ball for a long time. And like to only get starts against Oxford United and West Brom where they are going to sit back because they're the lesser side, according to the leagues, where the actual result showed very differently. Like He wasn't ever going to be able to get that chance that he's flourished on and has sort of made his career out of. And that's sort of what's cost him his time at West Ham, I think. But there's a few other players that have been linked with sales. So um, Ryan Fredericks uh, was rumoured to be heading to Southampton. But I think that might be off now because I think Southampton had a bid accepted for their loan player, Kyle Walker-Peters. So I just wanted to know, like, would you guys consider selling Fredericks? or, And if you were, who would you want to replace him with? I'll come to you, Scott, first. I think that's a... Uh... I don't know, like uh, some of the moves that have been rumoured, um, seeing as we're looking to sell to buy, um, if we have to sell, if we're looking to sell Fredericks, I don't know how much we're getting for him. Do you know, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to fetch overly much. His, uh, his form hasn't been brilliant uh, in the league this year. So it, that's not that's not like kind of funding two positions. Like you want to sell someone who's going to be able to like, leave you with space to buy someone and either by someone else in another position or kind of, you know, with money left over. Um, Fredericks is probably going to be like a one-in-one-out um, kind of sell. Um, and given his, you know, his ability to change a game with his pace, um, I, I would quite like to keep him. I think there's uh, certainly something that can be unlocked with um, what he has there. And uh, it's just, I think, before when we didn't really have... Um, a viable option as backup that was always a worry Fredericks is a one one option and one option alone at right back uh, yeah worried but you know we had Ben Johnson come through um, towards the end of the last year uh, I mean it was a shame about Ngakia um, but uh, yeah I think we've got some hopefully some ways forward there but we'll see yeah Fredericks I always feel like he got a bit too much slack really I know at times he lacked with his defensive capability and we know how fast he is and sometimes he doesn't show it sort of going forward and he's sort of maybe a bit of a maybe player um, but when he does play well I think he is a very capable cent- uh, right back and sort of he just needs to be trained to be consistent like uh, so Lou like do you think Fredericks deserves another chance or would you be looking to offload him and replace him no I'd be willing to keep Fredericks up like I agree, I think he gets a little bit too much slack 
um, from West Ham fans in general. I don't think he is as bad as people make him. Uh, I agree in terms of he, he lacks concentration at times and you know he's prone to a you know a dodgy tackle and lunging in to give kind of free kicks away in you know uh, crucial areas but I think offensively I think he's improved a lot this season uh, I think he's got I'm not sure how many assists he's got but I can think of uh, a few at least and uh, you know his crossing in general has improved so let you say if he works on you know his defensive positioning over the summer I think he can be a decent level I don't think he's ever going to be a fantastic you know full back at Premier League level but I think he can be a decent level that'll do a job for us uh, in terms of improving in the league and of course we've got Johnson waiting in the wings to hopefully step up if that's not the case but yeah, I'd keep him for another season to see if he can improve uh, his 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 own game. Yeah, Jack, what do you think about Fredericks? Do you think he's a bit harshly treated, or he just sort of needs sort of the backing of everyone to sort of flourish? Because we've seen he is able to have incredible games. I mean, I remember the Southampton game in his first season; he scored a perfect ten rating, and he's had games this season where he has been sort of the last defender because he's the only one with that sort of pace in order to get back. Yeah, um, I think I don't know. I do, I do quite like him as a player, and I think yeah, sometimes his criticism is a bit like over the top and like not really needed. But there are times where he is a bit questionable. But I think yeah, as you said, maybe what he needs is for everyone just to get behind him, give him a chance. So I, I would be willing to like see him stay. But if like a good like if someone came in with like a decent price for him, like. I wouldn't be like against it if, as long as he was replaced. Yeah, I think you've got that right. We think he's good enough for the moment. Maybe he gets a bit of criticism because everyone's already on the back of the left back. So it's sort of switching yeah. over to the right back as well. And another big thing that might have just happened with West Ham transfer news is Fulham have taken the lead in the playoff final. Yeah. So if that stays like that, I'm sure some players like Ollie Watkins, Said Benrahma and Rico Henry might be a bit more tempted for a move come the summer. What do you guys think of the Brentford team and the players that have been linked to West Ham and how good they've been this season, Scott? Well, so like uh, again, I uh, don't watch too much um, too much Championship football in its own right. Um, I, pure matches as such, I see mostly what uh, people post on social media and the like. Uh, highlights and that and you always got to be quite wary of it but from what i've seen there's a couple of players there that i think are um really really capable of stepping up um it's just benarama that's hopefully i'm pronouncing it right um that that looks capable of really being a creative player not, not just in the championship but in the premier league as well someone will not uh that that fear uh, just isn't there. Someone who can take it past people, I'd really like to see us go for him uh, if we decide we have the money. I mean, he reminds me of, he has the attributes that Lanzini did when he joined. Uh, someone's just willing to take that ball five, ten yards further than others. And that really opens up the game. 
Yeah, Lou, so are you seeing Brentford losing and are your are your eyes sort of opening up to the prospect of being able to raid their team? Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. I mean, in general, I want Brentford to go up just because, you know, it's a, it's a new team, fresh for the league and everything. But the positive is they have got quite a few players who would... Um, I'd certainly like to look at, you've already mentioned Ben Rama, who has got capabilities that we possibly don't have as, as a team at the minute. You said the ball carrying ability, uh, which Anderson is capable of, but he's not, he's not really shown recently, as we all know. Um, so I'd certainly like to have a look at him, if we don't get Eze anyway. And uh, Watkins has certainly proved himself this season as a goal scorer. Um, not just as a goal scorer, but his all-round play up front for Brentford has been really good. Um, so to you know bid for him and uh, potentially bring him in as a not just as a you know backup for Haller, but competition for Haller. I think that would be a good thing for our team because I think at times last season Ale uh, was maybe a bit too comfortable uh, because he knew IS he wasn't getting the chance and then after that there was no one challenging him for his position. So I'd certainly like to have a look at Watkins. Uh, well, not just at Watkins, but any potential you know striker to come and challenge for that starting role. Yeah, I think you've done it quite well there. Like, Jack, what about you? I know you're a bigger fan of Eze than you are Ben Rama, but if yeah. we weren't able to get Eze, would you be happy taking Ben Rama if it, would, if it meant cost of Anderson, if he had to be sold to fund a deal? Um, I, w- I wouldn't be against it, but I also think that well, Ben Rama is a winger, obviously, usually, and he, that would either mean we'd have to sacrifice Bowen or Dean Garner starting, and I'd prefer to see Dean Garner get given a role. Well, we'd obviously have to sell uh, probably Anderson to fund it, but um, I'd, I'd probably rather... I obviously, I'd prefer as a, I wrote an article on it, but I don't know. It's a tough one, really. It just depends, really, on the, the price and where he's going to play, because I think he can play down the middle. It's just whether or not he wants to... That's the position he wants to play in predominantly or not. Yeah, I think you're right, especially mentioning Dean Garner, who, like, reportedly his head might still not be fully at West Ham and a little bit behind at West Brom. So anything yeah. we can do to sort of make him feel a bit more comfortable at the club, yeah. you should probably try to do, and buying competition isn't going to do that. For West so Ham we're just going to take a quick break here and we'll be back in a minute. For, for match highlights, interviews and the best West Ham videos and podcasts, download the free COY Irons app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast. Uh, we've already discussed a bit of the transfer news that's been surrounding the club over the last week or so. Now, for this episode, I've asked everyone to go out and have a look for their own target to bring into the club that might not have been linked with the club, but someone that they believe could strengthen the side and maybe be an important player. So I'm going to go to Scott first. Who's your sort of surprise target? Um, okay, so... 
I may be completely wrong in thinking it's a surprise target, but I was trying to look into sort of leagues that we'd be able to get a deal. Um, and I think uh, Max Clark from Vitesse, uh, he is a left-back in uh, the Dutch first division. Um, and when I first did, I was just going through some stats and this kind of thing, trying to pick up some players that I thought would be uh, an addition. And I think left-back is probably the area that we really need someone who's going to be out there just play every game no worries not make mistakes uh, and that would really add to our to our thing and um, yeah uh, so I had a quick uh, search around looked through some of his match reports and like and he seems a great crosser of the ball um, uh, he's quite a creative left back uh, kind of um, if you can remember when Aaron Crespo actually started for us, uh, when he came from Ipswich, uh, he was really just looking to get balls into the box when he could. And it was a really, really big advantage to have that. Um, but he's also good uh, defensively. Um, there, I mean, from the reports I've read about him, he doesn't really uh, seem to make slip-ups in the back. He's quite uh, he's strong in the tackle, which we've lost with Cresswell um, since his injury. And um, given that he's uh, from the Dutch league, uh, he's British as well. And who scored have his value at something ridiculous, like less than a million? Uh, I know, obviously, you'd end up paying more than that. But given we're going to be having to sell to fund, uh, I think that would be a uh, uh, an interesting uh, idea. Um, so yeah, that's a. Uh, um, uh, there is a, one or two uh, YouTube videos of uh, people talking about him being the next uh, Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson, because uh, he's uh, he's from Hull. Uh, so there's the people drawing a link there as well. And uh, I think there's been some potential talk of him being linked to some top teams throughout time because he's had a decent a decent season, um, picking up a few assists and a goal in the. Uh, Eredivis so yeah Max Clark from Vitesse yeah he sounds like a really good prospect um, someone they should definitely have a look at by the sounds of it Jack what about you who's your sort of surprise target um, so I'm going to sort of break the rules that I've got two I'll mention the one that's more likely and then I'll um, I'll show you my surprise target afterwards but I've gone for Alex Tellez which might be a bit of a stretch but he's He's quite well known as one of the best left backs in Europe, really, at the moment. But he's out of contract next year, which could bring his price down. And like, no one's gone for him for quite a few years, and his name's been mentioned around, but no one's actually made that move for him. So, with and also with the current uh, coronavirus going on, might be able to knock his price down a little bit more. But he's he scored eleven goals and assisted eight um, others this season, so he's obviously got that quality, either goal scoring or assist wise. I think it'd be be fantastic to sign, but I'm not quite sure as to whether we'd be able to do it. He's from Porto, isn't he? Yeah, from Porto. So potentially could be similar similar to Pereira when he joined Leicester. Yeah, but on the other side. Yeah, he's um. Obviously, I've seen. Um, I don't watch much of like the Portuguese league. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but from sort of clips on YouTube, you can see that like he's got like good crossing accuracy, and like 
yeah, she's very attacking minded, but also very good defensively. Yeah, sounds interesting. Who's the lesser known target? Oh, it's not. I wouldn't say it's lesser known, but it's much more unlikely. So I've gone quite big here. I've looked at the uh, free transfers, and um, Cavani is on a free transfer. So you never know. Why not take a punt? Maybe if his wages aren't too extortionate, could be fantastic, really. But I'd very much, I highly doubt that that would happen. Well, I'd be very happy with either of them. Yeah. Um, I think everyone would agree that. Um, Lou, yeah. who, who's your unknown entity that you want to throw into the mix? Yeah, it's not quite as um, extravagant or ex- as exciting as Edison Cavani's. <laughs> he was linked to the club a long, long time ago. We did almost yeah. sign him, I think, when he was at Palermo. So yeah, there's yeah. a bit of history a- there. I think it was about the same time as to when we were linked with Neymar. So. Yeah, yeah, from Santos. It was either yeah. going to be him or Cavani. And we got neither. <laughs> we got Benny McCarthy. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this isn't very inspiring maybe, but I think with our current financial you know, status in the market, it's, um, I'm going to go with Matty Longstaff of who's just been uh, not released by Newcastle, but his contract's just run out as he wouldn't uh, sign a new deal because apparently they were offering him, you know, quite low wages. Um, and he, I, I read, I'm not sure how true it is, but they were offering him less than 10,000 a week, which you can see why he might be holding out for, a, you know, another club to come in for him. But, uh, I just think it'd be depth in midfield, which I don't think we've got in abundance. Obviously, uh, we've got Rice, who at the moment is very reliable. Uh, Suchek's coming and Noble. But apart from that, Wilshire's certainly not reliable. And uh, yeah, I think we just need more depth in that area. And just based on our lack of funds, he would obviously be a free transfer. And by the sounds of it, not particularly high wages, just you know, more than five, ten thousand. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's a really good shout. From what I've seen, and um, from what I've seen of him, he looks like a you know, uh, you know, tidy player. Nothing spectacular, like I say. And I don't think Newcastle fans, based on the comments I've seen, wanted him to go. I'm quite unhappy to see him go, and more unhappy at the you know miserable offer that you know Ashley's. Offered him, offered to him. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't be adverse to picking him up on a free transfer. No, I think I think he's a really decent shout. Uh, especially, I remember his goal against United this season was a great goal and gave him a famous win. And especially like Mark Noble could potentially be retiring at the end of next season, so you need to think about a sort of replacement for him before he's gone. Jack Wilshire, he might be leaving if anyone was going to take his wages, but even if he stayed. He's very, very injury prone, which we all know. So he's not reliable that way. And obviously, Carlos Sanchez has already left the club. Um, so That's it's definitely, he'd definitely be a very sensible transfer to make, I think, if you could get him on a free transfer. I don't know how the um, compensation would work out, but I can't imagine it would be that high because he's only played, I think, under 20 games or so. So if there had to sort of be the compensation because they brought the player through rather than a transfer fee, he could be a very sort of sensible player. 
My player was um, Ben White, the centre-back who belongs to Brighton but spent last season on loan at Leeds. He had a great season for Leeds, helping them to win the league. Um, his costs, I mean, he's only valued on transfer market at £5 million, but I think you're going to have to be paying closer to 20 for him, which would be a big expense for us. But as maybe the defence is a priority, it would be wise money, especially with Ogbonna now being very much the wrong side of 30. I know he's had a great season, but you need to think, prepare for replacing him. And Balbuena could be on his way out after an inconsistent season. And it's a Diop's not even been the most consistent and has also been linked with moves away from the club. So maybe bringing in a centre-back wouldn't be the worst idea. And someone who's young, English and promising like Ben White is could be a really sensible buy. He scored on the last day of the season a fantastic volley. He got two assists throughout the season, but his his defensive stats really impressed me for a team as dominant as Leeds was. He still averaged 1.6 tackles a game, 2.5 interceptions and 2.7 clearances. Like His average rating over the whole season of 49 games was 7.09. Like For a 22-year-old centre-back in the Championship, which is a highly competitive league, it's really impressive numbers. The only issue we're trying to get him would be his potential cost um, because Brighton are quite stacked at centre-back and defence so it's hard to see where he fits in if he doesn't go straight into the starting squad because I think he probably feel like he deserves to start and if he doesn't get that at Brighton then he'll probably want to move away either back to Leeds or if we could offer him a good deal we could attract him I'm sure so yeah so I think we've got some really good sort of targets there Longstaff, Ben White um, Matt Clark, was it? Scott? Uh, yeah, so Max Clark. Max Clark. Um, yeah. I, I will also just quickly add in Anthony Robinson. Now Wigan's relegation has been confirmed. I think he has a release clause, which would allow you to see him go for a, under a couple of million. Uh, he's 22 years old, left back again. Uh, so, I mean, I know we're going to be bargain hunting, um, and it might be a punt, but... It could be worth it. Yeah, for a player that was linked to a £10 million move to AC Milan and was in Milan on deadline day, that seems like quite a good deal. So yeah, we've got some very reasonable targets there. And then we've got Jack's targets that might be a little bit out of reach. Yeah, um, <laughs> not very realistic. I apologise. <laughs> nice to have a range. Yeah, it's yeah. good to have a range. And like maybe we'll pull out a deadline day special and <laughs> put in Edison Cavani to sort of strike partner with Haller. And I think that we would see an improvement going forward with that sort of combination. Um, We'll take another quick break and we'll be back for the third and final part. Welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast. This is the third and final part. Um, With news earlier this week that Bournemouth manager Eddie Howe has left his position at the South Coast side. And he's previously been linked to the West Ham job multiple times. And... With the fact that David Moyes might not be everyone's cup of tea or so, I was just quite curious to get the conversation going. Like, If the opportunity arose, would you sack David Moyes now and replace him with Eddie Howe? So I think we'll go one by one here. So Scott, would you make that move? And if so, why? Or if not, why not? Uh, I, I've, I've been a big fan of Eddie Howe and the style of football he plays. Um In the future, I think uh, having him linked with a vacant position at West Ham would be a good thing. Um, He plays a decent style of football. Um, He's pretty young for a Premier League manager with the kind of experience he has as well. But for me, Moyes is 
you know, he, he's come in twice, like kind of, like, you know, jumped to our safety uh, when other managers have failed. And I don't know, like, I, I would feel bad. I think he deserves a chance to, you know, and, and this transfer window is going to be odd as well. So I, I, I think if he can prove himself, given a full season, you know, actually starting the year and uh, taking it forward, I'd be happy to keep, Moyes uh, for a while um, he did wonders at Everton uh, I mean I know he can like, Sunderland was a complete and utter disaster but then that club right now is um, so I don't think that's a, a reflection on him so much um, so I, I would feel a bit aggrieved for David Moyes if we did replace him even though I'm a big fan of Eddie Howe Yeah I think you're right there uh, Jack what about you? Um, yeah, I think as uh, as you've just said, I think that we deserve. I think he deserves the chance to stay, and I think that if possibly if we had funds this summer, then it could have been like a possibility for us to maybe go for go for him. But I don't think that's the smartest choice really, because Moyes has been here twice before. He knows what we want. He's probably got a better relationship with the board. And um, it's probably just a smarter option just to keep Moyes. And obviously, as you were saying, that he's looking like he's going to build something here, as he did with Everton. So it'd be quite—it's quite exciting to see what he could build, like given if he's given the right funds. But we'll have to see, really. Yeah, definitely. Like anyhow, he's had over almost two hundred games in the league. He's won fifty-six of his games, drawn forty-three, lost ninety-one. His team scored 241 goals, have conceded 330. Like, it's not the most impressive sort of record to have in the Premier League, especially with how he's been linked to the Arsenal job and the England job. So, like, Lou, do you think maybe Howe's been a bit overrated because he's, like, young and English, he's only 42 years old, and that Moyes should be respected higher within the club by the fans? Um. Based on what Howe's done for Bournemouth, I, I think it's difficult to call him overrated because at the end of the day, he's performed miracles to even get them to the Premier League in the first place. Uh, but since they became an established Premier League team, I think regarding transfers in particular, um, he's, he's done a pretty rubbish job. You know, he's signed some absolute duds quite big for me, Solanke and oh, I, to name a couple. Yeah. Uh, so, if he came here and did somehow end up having, you know, a big transfer budget, and then I wouldn't be too, wouldn't be too <laughs> um, optimistic in him handling that kind of situation so well. Where Moyes actually has quite a good record in this transfer market for Everton down the years and you know he's proved it in January with uh, Bowen and Suchek uh, so what, like the guys said I think Moyes certainly deserves his chances time around yeah and I think you're right I, th- I think by the time you know Moyes is possibly possibly done here anyway um, whether that be a couple of years I think Howell will have probably found another job by then anyway so I just don't think the time the timing's right in regards to you know how to West Ham being 
a realistic you know possibility yeah i think you're right it's um it would be very harsh to displace Moyes with what he's done and i i think like looking at his creative great at everton sunderland was a poison chalice like scott mentioned but like i even think he was actually he did all right at manchester united you saw like the flow of managers they've had since then like louis van Gaal and Mourinho, who have struggled to sort of take united back to where they thought they should be and like i always think of the united side that's been since ferguson i always think the two most important players they've had until maybe the last year and a half or so was one matter and marijuana fellaini both Moy signings and like i know they might like fellaini especially he might not be the most glamorous player in the world but he won them results and got them points when all of the big money signings here and there failed and all like the old players of United that people thought they could count on would flourish. They failed, yet Fellaini would be that big man. And I would like to see David Moyes be given the chance to sort of build this like Red Bull philosophy through West Ham and like actually have a project for a change. Like I was reading the West Ham season review of last year and it was the when we signed Pellegrini, it was the Pellegrini project, this new exciting direction. Well, that's already over. So it would be nice to sort of see someone be given that full opportunity to do and show an actual project rather than we're going to do a project until you're not good enough and then we're going to sack you. So even yeah, maybe I... it doesn't go overly well, but actually to have a project and like a knowing where you're trying to get to, that should work best rather than chopping and changing every year. Hundred percent. I think, um, like, if you look, I mean, you mentioned Man United as well, but I mean, I think given the, that that squad that Ferguson managed to win a title with um, proved how good he was yeah, um, as a manager. Um, but I, I mean, Moyes, Moyes' only trophy is what, like the was it the Community Shield that he won at the start of um, the like the Man United era. Yeah. Um, Look, it, taking over that 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 club at that point was that was such a tough ask. Uh, I mean, they just won everything. Uh, like this is a club that expected to win a trophy a year, and you're giving it to a manager who's never won anything. It's um, uh, that's a different mentality. So I think we have to be realistic and go. Well, look, we're not we're not expecting a trophy. Like we can't expect one. We haven't won one since the, like a major one since '81. So it's um, yeah. I think Moises is he's a solid, a solid ask. And if he can, I think what Pellegrini failed to do was make us hard to beat, so that he could get his project time. Uh, if that was really his aim, hopefully Moyes can keep us, you know, buoyant and above uh, the relegation. Uh, battle whilst uh, trying to move us up yeah I think you're right and like Moyes I think I think we all agree he deserves a real crack at the whip and to be given a chance next season but he must be backed in the transfer window in order for it to be sort of fair enough now yeah. I think all like two of the three new kits have been released for next season and there's the third kit has sort of maybe been linked online I'm just curious I think the home kit, when it came out, there was a lot of sort of negativity that maybe the patchwork wasn't quite right or so. But once we saw it in play, um, it maybe grew on a few people. What did you guys think, Jack? What about you? 
Um, I'm quite I'm quite a big fan of it, really. The home kit, I think it's quite nice. The, I've I've got it. I was wearing it today actually, but um, it's quite a nice material, and the crest is quite nice, and the colours and everything, the right shades and everything is nice. But what I will say is that it's very very similar to the kit that we had when we first moved to London Stadium, mm-hmm. and the one that we had um, in the last season at the Bowling. I think it's just pretty much a carbon copy, but like it is nice. You get if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I always remember yeah. the one we when we first moved to London Stadium with the Union Jacks on the arms. Yeah, and that sort of confused me a little bit. Um, yeah, Lou, what do you think about the away, the like the home and away kit? Um, the home one at first, I I wasn't too keen on it, but over time looking at it again it's kind of grown on me a bit but like I think Jack has more expertise on this considering he actually has it I don't really tend to buy shirts personally Um, anyway so it doesn't really bother me too much anyway Um, the away kits I I think it was close to you know being a really good design but somehow they've uh, you know cocked it up because uh I think many people's complaints were the hoops, the claret hoops okay. on it, were too far apart, and I can definitely see why people would think that it just looks a little bit odd. Um, yeah, so you know they had the right idea, but the execution was below par, probably. Yeah, Scott, what do you think of the home and away kit? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to echo what the guys have said already. I think the home kit was a safe one uh, because. You say you look at the uh, commemorative last Berlin kits that when we first moved to the London Stadium, it's pretty much the same thing. It's classic uh, old school West Ham. Nothing really new about it. Uh, I mean, I like it because of that, but yeah, it's not particularly wow. Uh, but the away kit, I think, is the one that most people are having an issue with because it's what well, it, it's trying to hark back to, you know previous kits but because of the massive sponsor we now have on the front of it um the hoops are far, far. i think like they didn't like, if you can't if you can't recreate that retro kit especially because of the new modern issue like the, the sponsor people like people really jarred with that so like it it it's 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 almost worth if you can't recreate it faithfully just ignore it and try and come up with a different concept yeah, I think you're right. I think with both kits, like like the home kit's grown on me, but I remember when it first came out and then the away kit came out, I was like, you've got two very, very good solid templates to go off of. But it just sort of, both of them just seen there was the slightest sort of thing off with them. The away kits, the hoops being a bit too far apart and the home kit, for me, it was like the sleeve seemed to come up really high rather than just sort of be, the sleeve being light blue. And the third kit's been potentially leaked on Twitter when I first heard that it was going to be black and gold I was really really excited because I think of like the Inter Milan kit of last season and the Juventus one from a few years ago and black and gold just works so well together and I know I don't know if you guys have seen the picture online but a shirt on a hanger it never looks good but it seems as though they've got this one very wrong from the early sort of thoughts from a lot of the fans and opinions like what do you guys think jack 
Yeah, I, I was about to say, like, the picture isn't the best, but they do seem, it does seem to be a bit iffy. Like, there's a lot they could have, if it is the real kit, there's a lot they could have, a lot more they could have done. The collar, like, seems really odd. It, it reminds me of the collar we had on the um, first kit at the London Stadium. Like, it was a bit, bit weird. Um, if it is, like, if it is the um, kit we're going to have, it, I think it will look a lot better in the um, in the photos when it's released. So we'll have to wait and see, really. Yeah, Lou, what do you think about it? Yeah, similar. I mean, I think it's based on that picture alone. It looks quite uh, cheap. Um, I think I saw a. I don't know if it was the same one or not, but I saw it like a graphic of it and is it was it the one with the crossed hammers on you yeah the yeah the one with the crossed hammers the graphic i think had them all the way up to like the collar whereas the one on the hanger seemed to sort of cut them off and have a similar to collar to what the goalkeepers have of like that sort of slightly different shade or material yeah yeah it's not like we're going to play in it much anyway i don't think um but, you know, not a lot of effort has gone into it from what it seems. And, you know, uh, I'm sure the players will probably pull it off, but I'm not sure, you know, a bold middle-aged man uh, with a beer belly will. You know. <laughs> no, it always looks a bit better on the players than it does the the majority of fans, sadly. Uh, Scott, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I first saw the, like, the concept idea of the kit when... Uh, ex WHU employee was talking about it, and uh, he actually he said like, oh yeah, that he pointed out a like a rendering that someone had done, uh, and said, oh this this seems close to everything I've been told, and that kit that on the rendering looked amazing, and I was like, yes, that this is going to be a good third kit, and then you saw that wonderful uh, disappointment that was uh, just the the hanging on the hanger, and he like. Uh, I don't know if any of you like a is it fans of The Simpsons and he's like, oh that's a good looking barbecue. Why doesn't mine look like that? Uh, and it's like it's the classic, the top one. Like it should when fans are coming up with perfect kit concepts and the, the people that are paid to do it year in year out can't. That's always a, a bit of a worry. Um, but yeah, I, I hope when it gets officially announced that it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah, they should, um, if maybe it is that and they've seen a bit of the reaction, then maybe some last minute design changes might happen. But yeah, I think um, we've sort of gone over them quite well. Like, it's maybe a nearly year for kits. Like, they were good ideas, but maybe the execution's just been a bit sad, especially after the kit we had last year of the away white strip, which everyone loved and was just a yeah. beautiful kit. And yeah, it's good. So I think there was maybe a bit of hope because I always get really excited to see what kits we're going to be playing in next year. I always want to be up on the first day when they get announced kind of thing to have a look at them. But like a lot of people sort of haven't been the biggest fans of Umbro since they've sort of become the sponsor, especially I think going from Adidas to Umbro, it's always going to see a bit of a maybe a decline in the quality. But I think with Umbro, you see a bit less repetition of your kit around because Adidas and Nike, I think they get a bit of criticism for just sort of reprinting their kits with <laughs> the club's colours. Um, so, like, over you, overall, like, are you guys happy with Umbro, or would you prefer to see 
it's be given to someone else and if so like who like Scott I mean I agree I think I it's when you try and like I'm very soon to do they like, do seem to try and come up with new ideas and obviously when you come coming up with new ideas some of them are not going to work um I'd much rather see us give something new than just I, was it Leicester's kit it was just like a um you know like it just looks like they're like uh the store kit with Leicester's um, like badge printed on it. Uh, I would say for Umbro, like some of their training stuff, that like the West Ham training uh, gear that you can buy off the the site looks pretty nice. Um, so the whole package-wise, I don't think it's too bad. But yeah, it's uh, it's just going to be annoying when there's a couple of kits in a year that you don't like. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, I just, I just want to put a quick question out to you guys um, sort of finish up the show and sort of a quick fire what's your favorite kit off the top of your head lou you go first um ever yeah ever at west ham that's been mentioned uh i think everyone loves the uh farewell blink it's um probably based on because how we performed in it as well as the actual quality of it um going back uh I'm just trying to think of the seasons. It was, you know, the famous De Canio one. The Dr. Um, Martins. The Dr. Martins. I think yeah. it was Fila. Um, yeah. There's a few from that era I really like. Uh, and a couple of away ones from around that time as well. I think it was it, it, the similar one to the one this season with the blue and Claret Hoops. Possibly the year we went down, actually. I think that was. I think that was the year um, in the championship we had the. Uh, um, I really remember the Canio in it, so I think we had one the year we went down. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. we had a Doctor Martin once. Yeah. We had a ball head, uh, and I think there was a white and black one as well. Yeah. This is all. This is all off the top of my head at the minute, so I can't say specifically. But yeah, from around that era, I really like them, and obviously you have the classics as well. They have a couple of retro tops. Uh, in in my wardrobe so uh, you know back in the day I think they were all generally a bit nicer yeah Scott what about you yeah I mean I was going to say the De Canio um, like this feeler that made it at the time the yeah the I collar. think so I think that was a, that was a top kit um, I, I did enjoy the um, uh, just as a bit of an off piece one because uh, we all go for retro ones but uh, was it uh the Alpari one we had under um, uh, was it Allardyce at the time? Like it was mostly claret and had thin, um, thin stripes across it. Um, I quite liked that as a as something a bit different. Yeah, I think that's uh, when we had Adidas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that was Adidas. Yeah, uh, I mean they went for something like and, that, and the away kit that year was like uh, the light blue with the kind of the dark blue. Uh, sash uh which you know again i i, I grew that grew on me um compared to how i thought it was going to go but yeah i did quite like that home kit yeah that kit always reminds me of um carl jenkinson that away kit and him whipping in a cross for enna valencia to just smash in a header against burnley um jack what about you uh yeah like scott just said i quite liked the alpari kit the home one i also um i really loved the away kit for the farewell bowling season that um the light blue with like the claret stripe with the bet way it just i think it's really good 
Yeah, that was a really nice kit. Um, yeah. One that I always think back to, and I think it got a lot of hate at the time, but for some reason I was really drawn to it, was the old... Um, it was. I think it was the season we got relegated and it was the away strip, the big white jersey with the claret colour and the claret sort of pinstripes down it sort of looked a bit more like a baseball shirt. Yeah. And for some reason, I just always really liked it. But I think it was probably one of the worst kits we've ever had, especially in terms of performances, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like we've had some odd kits over time. I always think about like the centennial, centennial um, yeah, with the shirt with the actual bubbles on it. Um, mm. But yeah, I think my favourite was always going to be the Farewell Bowling Ground. I think for how old I was at the time and like how well we did in it. I think a kit's always almost as good as the season you played in it. And I think that's like the best I've seen us play in my lifetime, unfortunately. But in terms of um, a retro shirt, I always love the old Adidas Avco shirts with uh, like just seeing uh, Frank McAvenny era, which I think the Alpari one was sort of modelled after. Um, but that was a really good shirt. And I think uh, that's all we're going to have time for today, guys. So thank you very much for joining me. That's uh, pleasure. Good to be here. Thanks. Good to be here. And so from the Grishy Hammers, come on you irons. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.